you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Darth Plagueis, the Dark Lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midi-chlorians to create... Together, we can rule the galaxy as father and son. You may want to rule as father and son, but this here is no place for a Padawan. This is the dark side. This is Sith Dark. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rebel scum and loyal to the Empire. This is this is Sith Talk, um, the show where we talk about Star Wars, Star Wars movie news, Star Wars comic books, um, pretty much all things Star Wars, Star Wars TV. Definitely Obi Wan today. I am your host, uh, Zach Chrisman, aka the Lord of Lore, and joining me is the Lady of Lore, Lindsay. Lindsay, what is up? You know, nothing really. I'm kind of just more disappointed that you actually really did just abandon that voice halfway through. Well, maybe next time I'll just keep it up. I I, I, I feel like I need to start busting those out more. And just, if anything, it'll keep my D&D characters up top. Uh, before we were, like, uh, recording, you'd ask me how I'd gotten to learn these characters. And I would say that some of it is just childhood stuff, but then also D&D really helps. Like when you're creating characters and coming up with voices, and I just like yeah, to get more fair. wild with it. So like I play a a, a fun named Thaddeus Kincaid. He's a sorcerer, dragonborn, and he talks like this. So I just have fun with it. But how are you doing? I am good. Uh, definitely kind of feeling feeling the summer vibes now, and trying to stay constantly focused and and do what I have to do as much as I just want to be outside with the drink in my hand and relaxing. Yeah, for me it's 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 been the same way, but I feel good, you know, every every day that I have something I have a lot to do, but I feel good about what I'm doing and I think that's all that matters in life and while, you know, there ain't a, as much weekdays with uh out being out in the sun and a drink in my hand, it's normally a kettlebell um because apparently, you know, uh, I guess with my new job, now that I'm more mental, I feel like I got to work harder in like workouts in the gym to like, I don't know. Apparently I just like to struggle all day until there's nothing left, which is pretty brutal. <laughs> this is the life we chose for ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, like, I'm just going to get right into it. Obi-Wan episode six. Um, this is it. This is the final episode of Disney Plus Obi-Wan as of right now. There's been, you know, there's a lot of things going on right now where Ewan McGregor is definitely saying he would do it again. Hayden Christensen is definitely saying he would do it again. There's been rumors that the original Obi-Wan movie was going to be a trilogy out there. There's a lot of things floating out there. But for now, on this episode of Sith Talk... We want to talk about episode six of Obi-Wan Kenobi and then kind of maybe possibly talk about how we felt about the entire series in general. Um, I feel like it's warranted. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So, Lindsay, let's go into 
episode six of Obi-Wan. How did you feel about it? How did you like the opening of it? Some takeaways. This to me was absolutely everything that I have been waiting for. I feel like not just from this show, but from Star Wars. This was just worth the wait. It it was such a great way to tie this all together, bring clarity and and really bridge the gap between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. Um, But it, it, I think, kind of gave us closure to all of the many storylines it introduced. And that being kind of the biggest one for me, as I, I said here over and over and over, and looking at the first five episodes still, I mean it. Like, I really was not a Reva fan. I still thought that character was all true, all too overdramatic and everything. Um, didn't really love her. But this episode brought the closure and the clarity and the acting from Moses Ingram is, I, I finally got why she was cast in this role. Um, so those are kind of just my, my very quick super broad headlines and I can't wait to discuss each one a little bit more, but overall, I mean, I I thought this was just a perfect episode. Yeah. I would say that I, it's like when I was texting you, I would still say that this episode isn't perfect, but what it got right, it got right. All Mm -hmm. caps, no, uh, no questions about it. I, there, there is some things with the writing that, you know, honestly, I don't really feel like getting into, um, because I don't really feel like being negative and, um, the, the concern, let's put it this way. For those of you that listened to our last episode and we talked a lot of shit about episode four, even though like I didn't mean to, I still have some of those same writing issues. There's a couple of things that keep happening in the show repeatedly, but aside from that, um, letting that go, it was really nice. Um, I will agree with you about Reva. I, I got what they were doing with Reva. Let's get into Reva. Why not? Let's save the the, the Vader and stuff for, for later. I got what they were trying to do with Reva. I guess it just was a little too late for me to care. Um, but I do find beauty in what the writer was trying to convey. Whether or not I liked Reva... She was very much a Anakin Skywalker character for Obi-Wan to kind of watch and see how this character plays out and see how they, you know, how their fall to the dark side can be and and how far you can go to to enact your vengeance. And there's a lot of comparisons between her and Anakin Skywalker in the show and her redemption moment of of la- of lashing out and then not going through with it and saying I couldn't do it. It's very beautiful. And and that that last 5 minutes of Reva or 2 minutes is beautiful. And the dialogue between her and Obi-Wan is great. I just it was a little too late even though I still found the beauty in what they were trying to do. Yeah, it it gave a little bit more weight I think for sure, but I for me if we had gotten the backstory and she had just been defeated, it would have fallen so, so flat. But the fact that it, and and just like you, I'm going to try and be less than negative for sure, because I have so many positive things to say. And I feel like I, I always 
back myself into this corner where I'm saying so many negative things. <laughs> it sounds right. like I hate something and I don't. Um, I really love this. For for her specifically, though, had they given us this backstory, they you know, just had Kenobi defeat her, it would have been lame. But also, I think what they were trying to do was make it really, really enticing about, you know, who is this character? What happened to her? What is she about? And in some ways, for me personally, it it really didn't work. But I'm not saying like, that's the case for everyone. I think there are people out there and more power to them who did get really engrossed in that, you know, and they really like that. And they really like that, that intrigue and that mystery. And I'm happy for them. I'm jealous for that of them. Yeah. Uh, for me, it, it didn't really play out, but I, I would have to imagine, especially for the people who did feel that and who, who were so on the hook, what a great payoff, what a beautiful way this story ended up being shown. And just the fact that after all this time invested, it wasn't a person that defeated her. It wasn't a circumstance that defeated her. It was her own internal goodness that defeated her. And I think that is, to me, why it's like, look, I'll take five weeks of her being melodramatic if it got me this. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, one of the things that I really liked about um, this episode that you know, stays away from the beef, but it is a positive, positive thing. Owen is such a badass. Owen and Baru are just so damn badass. It's like, there's no way they'd ever make a show of like Owen and Baru in Tatooine. And like, I don't want to go back to Tatooine, but while we're here, it's really nice seeing, you know, I, a lot of people were kind of saying, Oh, they couldn't even, you know, she couldn't even fight, uh, you know, Owen and Baru and take them down. Why, you know, how, how was she warranted a, as a warranted badass? But for me, it was very much like people don't really understand. I, I'm in, I'm from Indiana. Like farmers don't just farm. They shoot AR-15s like in their yeah. fields. Like they know how to shoot guns. They know, they know their land. They know their terrain. They know how to defend themselves. And I thought it was so cool seeing Owen be able to know his land, defend his land. And, you know, it's not just even farming. Like, farmers work a long day. Like, even just regular farmers. He's a freaking moisture farmer. And these Tusken Raiders are bad at this time in like the entire like in the Star Wars timeline. They're terrible. Like they're bad. And he's got to watch out for those people. Not not to mention like you know you find out that there's a lot of spice that gets run around in Tatooine. Jabba's right down the street. Owen's seen some shit and he can hold down. And I'm not saying I want an Owen series or anything like that. I just thought that that was a really fascinating element that Owen could hold his own to protect his family. Not for, so, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but not so much with Owen, but for Baru for me. Whereas Owen, I really like that we got to see the softer side of him, right? Where mm-hmm. he he takes ownership and he takes possession and he loves Luke and, and uh, really takes that father figure in Luke's life. And then even where he opens up a little bit and, and offers for Ben to come meet and spend time with Luke. I I think that was the bigger thing for him, whereas for Baru, it was everything you just said. 
Yeah, um, I I kind of pair them both. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just a big fan of. Um, geez, I forgot his name already. Why am I forgetting the actor's name? <laughs> the biggest fan, Joel Edgerton. Joel, yeah, Joel Edgerton. Like he is, he's such an underrated actor. And and since he did Attack of the Clones and and the brief cameo in Revenge of the Sith, he has become a um, like Ewan McGregor. Not a, I mean, Ewan Gr- McGregor is a little more famous than he is, but he has become a high caliber actor since um, since Star Wars. So mm-hmm. it, it was really nice to see. But let's get into the. The meat of it. Obi-Wan and Vader have a showdown. Um, Do they have a showdown? I'm going to turn it to you. Let's talk about this fight. Let's talk about the Force. Let's talk about the way they depict the Force, the relationships, the dialogue. But let's start with the the initial first part of the battle and the Force. How did you feel about this? I mean, look, this this whole thing, here's why it's hard to talk about in a way, is there's a few different elements that go into it. There is such a heavy emotional component that goes with it, and then there is the Star Wars nerd in us, which wants to talk about things just like this, like the the Force abilities, right? And and the cool stuff that, that we see and what reminds us of The Last Jedi and The Force Unleashed and all these things are so true and they're so valid. But it makes it so hard to dissect because it's like, well, well, where do we start? Which, which bucket do we pick? Yeah, I I mean, I I just, when it comes to the initial battle, I think that, the choreography with Vader very much felt like a Vader who was on edge and was violent and was ready to fight while still not being like too much like the prequels where it was a little over. I mean, I don't have a problem with anything the prequels did, but it felt very much like it was written for a Vader that was very um, edgy and not your new hope Vader. It felt like a modern day Vader and the force to me, felt like it was up with the times that we had have haven't pictured like our whole time like when i watch or would play the night sail republic or when i would read these comics or or force unleashed really was like one of the biggest one the force was so powerful in these games and it was so nice to it's nice about the series to see these jedi and these sith actually have that and i've i've like seen some complaints with people that are like oh this it's jarring to see vader this powerful and why wasn't he powerful um in new hope and and empire like this or return of the jedi and it's like one of those things where i'm like our job is to dissect things i understand that (laughs) but sometimes it's simply that was an older movie they couldn't do that at that time. Now they can. Do you want the fucking scene or not? Because I'd rather have the scene and not have to answer that question and just understand that this is a modern day Vader um, than, than not have these kind of scenes. Or not have, like, why wouldn't Obi-Wan reign this in, the, in New Hope? Because it was made in 1977. Like, do we not want to have these things, or do we just want them to push yeah. the force ball? Like, what what do you want? Because me, I want Star Wars to innovate, to elevate, to grow, and I I, I can I can as a human can discern as much as I'm a canon junkie can discern that this is keeping up with the times. And I will say something about Vader. Disney has shit the bed on things um, before. Vader is not one of them 
absolutely not one of them. And I'm I'm so thankful for the power that Obi-Wan has in the show and the power that Vader per- portrayed cuz as a kid like that's what I really wanted to see. He is such funny funny timing that you bring this up because literally just last night a friend of mine is is back home for just a few days from Texas and she's staying with her parents so I went over to visit her. And and I'm talking to her parents, and her dad is telling me about how he, the fir- first Star Wars movie he saw was in theaters. It was Empire Strikes Back, and like him and his friend took acid for it. Nice. But then we, we got into this whole discussion about like people don't realize today how scary Vader was back then because they had never seen anything like it. You know, it was all new technology it was all new models it was all new ways of of doing films so like it was scary for them and i think that's really gotten lost because now we're at the avatar level of special Mm -hmm. effects and what we consider scary or what we consider realistic but like this is what vader was always supposed to be and i said it in the the episode three review where he's you know dragging villagers with the force and just through the streets. Like, this is supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be powerful and intimidating. Now it's just technology is catching up to, to what it should have been all along. But it's it's amazing to me that for all, when all that's said and done, this can still carry that visual and that scary aspect while still being so emotional. Yeah, and it's important to to know, like, Vader has been the number one villain since the, you know, forever. Since it came out, Vader's been number one. Almost across the board. You can throw in the Joker, like, as, you know, between one and two. But really, the only way to keep that legend alive is by simply updating his his uh, his scariness. We, we've grown accustomed to modern day that if you truly want these kids to see and feel the horror of Vader so that his legend carries on and he actually has a weight to his name, you have to do these things. You have to update it in this style. You have to show it in this depiction. You have to show him like this because if if you stay accurate to 77, much like Star Trek, you will die with your age. So the only way to grow and to keep growing that legend is to keep elevating. And it's like I said, when you're watching this fight and you look at the fight between them, like get rid of the force powers, the lightsabers aside, Obi-Wan is fighting very much prequel style, very quick, Mm -hmm. very much like he would have fought in um, Revenge of the Sith. But Vader is still very much, he's quicker, but he's still very much Return of the Jedi Vader. Or even, I I, I would say he's more agile, agile and Empire Strikes Back, but he's quick to his feet, but he's not like doing twirls. Um, he's not, you know, jumping up and down. He's still fighting like a man who, he's still fighting with the same fighting style as, as what Vader would do. And I respect that. And I think that everything that guy, they got with this fight was honestly, it was perfect. And it was everything that I needed. Yeah, it, it was, we kept being teased that we would get a fight like this. And it came through, right? Like, it really, truly did come through. Because no matter how you look at it, this was just exceptional. 
And what I really loved is, is I had referenced it before, almost in a joking manner, like there's, there's all these kind of homages to different things, right? If you want, if, if you think the, the last Jedi was the best Star Wars movie, they pay homage to that. If you think uh, re- the Rebels episode, Twilight of the Apprentice, was the best thing to come from Star Wars, they pay homage to that. If you think Force Unleashed was, same there. Like, they yeah. they take all these aspects and it doesn't feel contrite by any means. It feels so genuine and so deserved. And they're really just adding all these elements that, that we've never seen. They, we've, or, or I'm sorry, all these elements that we have seen, we've just never really seen them done in a way that it's not the main focus, right? The main focus of this fight is not the freezing of a starship. It is not the raising of rocks. It is not, actually, no, I will say it is. (laughs) It actually is. The main point of this fight is when Vader, you know, we, we see that little bit of his face. We start to see it and we get the same vibe as, as when Ahsoka saw him. But now He's saying, like, he's admitting, hey, look, you didn't kill Anakin. I did. That line, that line right there is not only the point of this episode, that's the point of this entire fucking series. That's what this has all been for and what it's all been about. Yeah. And I I want to add to what you're saying uh, with another thing. This is the best, in my personal opinion, in the history of Star Wars. This is the best dialogue written for vader i've ever seen everything he says could be a new slogan and it has weight to it he doesn't over speak he doesn't over talk but it has weight and i love the point in during the fight now i i definitely want to get into that emotional scene because there's so much there but the turning point of the fight where you know obi-wan and vader are going at it and they're both handing their own and obi-wan just like throws uh you know he tries to force push this this little this big rock tower on vader and he like has one of the coolest lines ever and he says your strength has returned but the weakness remains still remains and that was powerful like when i saw that I when I when I heard that from Vader and the way he does that I got goosebumps but evil goosebumps like power like I felt the power inside him and it just goes to show that Vader is still on top. Now when you go to the the you know the next scene where Obi-Wan crawls his way out and he comes at Vader and and they they fight and we see that that face there has been complaints about oh it's a lot like twilight of the prince again there's no other way to do that and i'm so much happier with what i got i think hayden christensen i personally i think that when he took this role on he was in a better place in his life but also I think he said, "Hold my beer, bitch. If I'm if I'm fucking coming back, I'm gonna act my ass off." And Hayden didn't get much time in this series at all, 
But this is Heath Ledger Joker level shit that he does in this scene where his mask is broken off. In his eyes, you can see the Anakin in there still in certain areas. When he says Anakin, he he moves his eyebrows much like Anakin did. And as he's walking through, the Vader settles in throughout that entire in, entire dialogue when he says anakin is gone he gives the same like eyebrow drop as anakin but then as he's walking and that anger is breaking through you can see the hate and the yellow start to go back in his eyes and i thought that was one of the most beautiful performances i've seen in star wars in a very long time and it's dark it's evil of course it's something that i would love but it is everything to me. I, I can't argue. It really, just from top to bottom, this is what we have been waiting for. This is what I think we all kind of expected. And we, we just finally got it with this episode. It was just so good. There's no way around it. And and in my, like, in my opinion, this is the conversation that I would have wished I would have written. This was everything I wanted. The conversation between these two, I couldn't have wrote, written anything better. There's nothing that would have been, to me, better without being overbearing and, and a little drawn out. But I love the fact that Obi-Wan says, I'm sorry, Anakin, and he's losing shit because he's he's like, Anakin, Anakin, and, and he's losing his mind and... To see the pain in his eyes looking at him, that was something I've dreamed about for years. And when I thought mm -hmm. of this show, this was where I wanted them to end up. I wanted him to end up saying he was sorry for these things or, or you know, some kind of broken conversation where he had to put his yeah. mistakes on the table only to realize that that's not Anakin anymore. And your mistakes are fine. But this is Vader. And we don't give a shit. Like, we don't care anymore. You've put thought in this. I've only thought about killing you. Yeah. Well, not only that, I feel like it just gives such credence because we, we could have easily fallen into a trap after this where we're like, all right, so obi-wan didn't go after anakin for all these years because he truly thought anakin had died he didn't realize this blah 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 now what we understand though is he didn't go after vader because when he found out for sure who this was and what this was he realized it's probably not worth the time and effort which is somehow even more unsettling to me yeah, I mean, it's, uh, this scene, you know, it's too fresh to really say, but this is my, this is what I want when I want Star Wars. I want these conversations between dark and light, hashing it out and talking about it and seeing how truly far you can fall and seeing that darkness in his eyes i mean i thought adam driver did a great job as kylo ren but in my opinion in this scene alone hayden christensen 
elevated Vader in ways that, you know, everybody glorifies the Charles Soule comic. Everybody glorifies certain aspects of the EU with Vader. And I'm not saying it's not great. I'm just saying this elevated Vader to dialogue-wise, story-wise, everything that they wrote with, with, with him was great. But when you double down on the acting of Hayden Christensen, the look in his eyes, this is there's a reason why they put a caption in the front of this episode that says there's disturbing images. This is borderline like Freddy Krueger shit. Like the way he looks, the way they they show him cinematically. This is Freddy Krueger. This is Michael Myers. This is the doom that we hear about in the chapter of Lords of the Sith when uh, Cham's people are getting wiped out and they don't know who the fuck it is, but he's mm -hmm. his name's Vader and he's a monster. This is that person. And I, I thought Rogue One was great when it came uh, to showing Vader, and I still think it's amazing. I think it adds to it. But seeing how oh, this far it. this, I mean, this absolutely I, well, I mean, I got it. a still shot of him right now um, while we're talking about it and just seeing how far gone he is. I mean, like taps off Hayden Christensen. Um, but I, I want I, I've been blabbering about Vader because I, I simply I can't contain it. I watched it. I watched the fight seven times that night. I just watched that scene. Like I watched the episode twice, start to finish, and then everything else, like until I fell asleep, was just repeating this scene. And I was in bed, and I was watching the you know the sixth time on my phone. And I, I show Sarah. I'm like, Sarah, look how evil this dude is. And she's like, I don't want to see that. This dude's terrifying. And I'm like, but look, that's the point, though. Like yeah. that's the reaction we've all been wanting. Like hide your kids, hide your wife. Vader's coming. Like, but, but what's a, what's a takeaway for you when it comes to, you know, Vader, Obi-Wan or just Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, in general that we haven't talked about. And when you say Obi-Wan Kenobi, do you mean the character or the, the character, the show, any of it? Um, I think for me, it really is still the, the redemption arc for him that we have as, as fans where this is something like I think in the Ahsoka novel is done exceptionally well, where we start to understand the real true dangers of the galaxy for force sensitive children. And it was always kind of the question of like, you know, how could Obi-Wan just stay on Tatooine with this going on? And how is he not more alarmed by this? And then to find out, you know what? He actually was or when we'll say he actually was when he found out this was a thing, but for so long, he was just so truly no pun intended here in the dark about things. And, and for me kind of having that clarity and having that, what's the word I'm looking for that, that it's not confidence, but, but that comfort, the comfort mm -hmm. that like he would have done something had he known, he just didn't know. I think that speaks volumes. And and it might be harder for me because in, in full transparency, just about an hour ago, um, Brandon and I recorded our episode of Don't Burn the Sacred Text for the Brotherhood novel, which is just phenomenal. Um, and and it's just so, so interesting to me to see how this all kind of came to be and, and really came together. 
after reading that story and understanding the way these two truly do need each other um, and, and just seeing that relationship and how that relationship completely altered the course of this entire universe, but more so completely altered just these two men as individuals. So this, this to me, I mean, this final episode, I think just wrapped everything up so perfectly and so beautifully. Um, I would say the, the one thing we probably really haven't gone into yet that we definitely should is Leia as a character. I'm you know, so everyone, glad you said that. everyone's been, been kind of complaining like, Oh, she's not acting like a 10 year old. This isn't how a 10 year old should act. And we, as the fans, we are can come back with a few things, you know, of course she's not. That's the point of Leia. More importantly, we can be deeper, deeper fans and say, look, if you read Claudia Gray's princess of Alderaan, it's not that far off. And she is right there. Like it makes total sense compared to where you see her. We can even talk about the Queen's Shadow and Queen's Hope and, and those books and then say, you know what, it, it was expected for for children in this galaxy to be more mature and to be older. This is more like medieval times. Like we can even say, look, when she is 19 years old, when, you, when we meet her in New Hope and she watched her planet be destroyed and what does she do? She puts the, the blanket around someone else and she comforts someone else. She's also not the 19-year-olds. Like, she's, she's right on track. But I think that this episode kind of eased that tension and eased that discussion because we did get to see her scared and vulnerable and not always sure of what to do. And she was a bit more of a kid in this episode, and I, I did really, really like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think your points are valid um, when it comes to rationing with a um or being rational with a average star wars fan um but the details and the truth of it is is this is a force savant and i think leia's biggest mm -hmm. gift has always been able to read the room to vibe it out and to feel other people's intentions and who they are and that's what she did this entire series which foreshadows who she will become when it mm -hmm. comes to the writing of of leia she's picked up on everything very quickly with every single encounter um you know minus the truck the trucker guy that you know she ran into and yeah. wasn't having direct conversation with um, and was desperate to find, you know, some kind of shelter, which she even apologized and she felt guilty for because she was wrong about her, 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 her judgment. Yeah. yeah, her judgment. Um, and I think what they do beautifully with this character is they tap, they, they, they don't say it, but she is very much using the force in ways that she doesn't know. And it's why Reva can't read into her it's why she picks up about obi-wan and again i think the best part of this show which is really as much as we talk about vader fighting and the theatrics of it all and this show really what it did get right and some of its lack of writing it has some very cinematic shots that could easily be um shot and 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 posters for the for the test of time it really gets that cinematic um feel right but really what it what it gets right and it's the number one thing that i've always wanted a obi-wan kenobi series or movie to be is these conversations the conversations obi-wan has with the people around him when it comes to bail when it comes to leia and 
the final conversation with with Leia is, you know, when I said before that I didn't know your parents, and then he gets to talk to them. And I love that. I love the conversation that he has with this little girl because and I, I love her evolution saying, you know, it you know, that's okay. It doesn't matter. I have what I need. You know, there is evolution and the 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 dialogue, you know, you are wise, you're discerning, mm-hmm. you know, kind hearted, like your mother. Yeah. You know, these are qualities that came from your mother. And then he starts talking about the qualities from Anakin. It's beautiful, but you are passionate and, you know, um, and fearless. And it is everything that embodies Leia Organa. And mm-hmm. now you see mm-hmm. in this show has made light to how truly beautifully written Padme and Anakin were when it comes to Leia. I think Leia's personalities mesh way more than Luke's does. I don't I don't even think like when you look at personality of Luke Skywalker, he's a lot different than his parents in a lot of different ways. Anakin would never throw his lightsaber and that might be the thing. I don't think Padme would ever throw her lightsaber and say, you know, I'll I'll never join you. He won't do that. Uh, he uh, none of his neither one of his parents would do that. Luke is very different than his parents and Leia is so beautifully like the combination, like the, the, the really that chapter of what, um, uh, from a certain point of view where Yoda says that Leia's the one, it really kind of makes you think about it. And it's like, while Luke is awesome and the legend of Luke Skywalker really does matter. And I'm glad we have everything like maybe Leia really was the one that should have been prioritized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it absolutely does. You're like, preach, queen, is, preach. Yeah, yeah, bow down, bow down. No, this gives 100% just full credence to all of that. Um, it's, it's, I think, what we have always wanted, but the difference is because we had absolutely no idea that she would ever be in the show. We just didn't know to expect that in this way. And now here we are with it happening and it's, it's everything we wanted. And it makes me wonder what it, it almost makes me want them to write uh, a story or to write something on why Luke was more prioritized or why they ended up choosing Luke. Like what was going on in these conversations? And that could very well even be a Kenobi, um, spinoff or a, a Kenobi book because maybe Qui-Gon, you know, we still don't have those answers on why Qui-Gon wanted to train Anakin. He's the chosen one. Train him. And what Qui-Gon sees and why Obi-Wan does end up on Tatooine versus saying like, you know, look, um, Owen, you want to make this kid a farmer boy. You know, I've got a strong feeling about Leia, especially now they have a relationship. Like what makes him stay because i i do believe that we might get a sequel to this even though i don't really want one at this point um yeah i kind of like where we left it i think we're gonna get one though and i don't know where we leave off as far as like the the vader relationship how we kind of add that that weight but if you are going to do that i think you have to answer the question is we've seen the beauty in leia but why luke 
Because really, all of Star Wars canon lately has been Leia so was the Leia real focused. piece. Yeah. Well, she was the piece that nobody saw until it was like Leia's the heart, the key. She they they write that like she's almost the one that got away, even though she never got away. Yeah. Um. So why Luke? What did we miss? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. No, I think I it absolutely makes sense. I think you're completely correct. That's a story, you know, if they're really going to hammer in on this whole Leia thing, they have to answer that question. Yeah, because it's an obvious thing that they've been doing to the point where, you know, and then when you go down to The Last Jedi, um, which I still love The Last Jedi, um, Luke is very flawed, and he's not like Leia. He's not the leader that Leia is. And in a lot of measures... He is a very powerful force being, and he did stop the Emperor in Return of the Jedi based on his heart, which which might have, which I guess you could, if you're really thinking about it, Luke's heart and, and the way Luke is more um, relatable and more the average farmer boy and, and just his mannerisms and his emotion might have been what saved the galaxy because it got to Vader's heartstrings, which brought Anakin back. That Luke might have been the heart of the galaxy, whereas Leia was the strong leader. That might be a good... I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of where my brain goes because he did stop... You know, he did stop the... But you could say, though, that a leader is also, like, being the heart of, of things. The fire. Because here's, here's, here's how I would describe it, right? Like, my, my old director one time described my best friend and I, because um, we I met her through work, and, and we were kind of leading this team. And he goes, you know, Lindsay is the head of the team, and Alyssa is the heart of the team. You can't, because she really was, like, the team mom, you know, like, bringing everyone together for all the emotional stuff and all the empathetic stuff. Whereas I was like, here's the numbers, here's what we got to do, here's what we got to worry about, here's how we're going to do it. But he always said, he's like, you can't take one away from the other. If you take away the brain, the heart's going to die. If you take away the heart, the brain's going to die. He's like, so he knew that the that our team relied on her being the heart and me being the head. I don't think either of them are the, the head in this situation. I think both of them are in their own ways, the hearts. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I mean, it's, to me, I think it's it's an answer that we kind of need. Um, if we do a second chapter of Obi-Wan. And speaking of Qui-Gon, we all knew we were going to get it. We all knew, like, ever since we saw that opening and me and you watched it and they they talked about Qui-Gon, I was like, yeah, we're going to get it. We're, we're going to get it. I was still not ready for it. I saw the fading of the ghost come in and I cried. That was the part that made me cry. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn has always been my favorite Jedi in general. Uh, hit me at the right age. Uh, he's the reason that Jedi were cool to me when I was a kid in 1999. Um, when my dad ne- didn't have his business yet, and we surfed on my Uncle Dave's couch, and we went to go see Phantom Menace, and we didn't even have money for lightsabers. And that night that I went home after seeing Phantom Menace... 
I cut out a cardboard Qui-Gon lightsaber. And I I played with that that entire night. Seeing seeing Liam Neeson return as Qui-Gon Jinn, of course he it looks aged. It's 23 years later. But that was so touching to me. And to see that light of a Jedi, to see the light of the Jedi inside Qui-Gon, it was the hug that I needed that, you know, at that point, Obi-Wan doesn't quite need because he has hope in him again. But it was the hug that I needed to know that it was going to be okay and that we were going to figure out where this road's going to take us. For me, it was... I, I wanted a little bit more. I wanted like to see at least one of their conversations. I would have loved to see Qui-Gon like really explain why he thought Anakin was the chosen one. I think for for me it was more of like a all right, we knew it was coming. We knew that there was gonna be some kind of nod to it, but there wasn't a big enough payoff for it. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. I just was simply not ready for Qui-Gon because of what he means to me. This is a this is a Zack thing more than anything. This is just me not being prepared to see my hero of my child like you know, I I shoot myself in the foot all the time because when I think about it um the first thing that I got when, when we did uh, get our house, me and my dad, I got a Qui-Gon Jinn lightsaber for my birthday. So I've always walked with Qui-Gon. I've always been obsessed about the prophecy and, and how he thought and, and the way he moved and that wisdom, that assurance, that defiance, like the balance of the code. So it just meant a lot to me. And I personally, I think if I were to make a prediction, if they do season two, I think the only way you do season two is you have to get Liam Neeson on board because I think the only other option, I don't know what you do is a big bad. Clearly, uh, in my opinion, Vader and Obi-Wan are resolved. There is no need for them to have any more conversations. Again, they don't need that. So the only thing left to me is, is going towards somewhere that... Star Wars has not gone to because it's been a little more inside baseball and that would be the secrets of the force how do we ascend to becoming a force ghost how do we because Qui-Gon figures it out in Clone Wars but Obi-Wan's in the series he's the first one that just like shows up and appears to our characters so it's it's to your point, where 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 do you go? Like, I, I'm so happy you said it because I thought I was kind of crazy for liking this show and loving the ending as much as I do, and still not wanting a second season. Yeah, because you said it perfectly. Like, where do you? Who's the baddie? What are we right. fighting? What are we going on? Like, that is done. That story is told. Let it be that. And now, if if. I, as much as I would love this introspective story still, not really the market you created here. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree with you. I just think we're going to get one because the show did really well on numbers. Um, you know, this is the first show that's been 
kind of marketed in this sense, like Hayden Christensen's been on Jimmy Fallon. Ewan McGregor's been on Jimmy Fallon. Like this is a huge ordeal from a marketing standpoint, from an internet standpoint. Um, There's been all these different questions. They've, they've showed up on all of the shows in ways that none of them ever did when it came, when it came to their premieres, like Mandalorian will get this same kind of traction now, but this show got it off the bat. So in, I think I think we're probably going to get another season, but I agree with you. I don't. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to say okay. Um, let's see what they have. I I but I agree with you. I I don't think we need it now. To end my kind of thoughts about everything, and of course we're going to keep talking about this for the age of time because there is some important scenes, and there's only so much that we can get to in one episode. Um, I will say. One of the biggest takeaways from this seems like an it is a negative thing, but given the fact that we've talked about all these beautiful things, I do want to say that ultimately I still wish this show would have been a. I I I said that I was excited for it to be a show rather than a movie, but after seeing this show, I really I feel like it should have been a movie. I felt like there was a lot of clutter in the writing to try and stretch out this, this series. And really, if you, if you cut it down and you trim it down and you, you know, come somehow like blend one, three, five, and six, I think there's, and then there's plenty to cut even in those episodes alone. I think this very easily should have been a movie. No, I, I agree. Justin, in, we both kind of had the same thought too of like, it got clunky in the middle, right? It was stretched out. It was Mm -hmm. kind of forced, no pun intended, um, in the middle. If, uh, if it had been a movie, it probably would have been a much more even and tempoed pace. And like, you could really highlight the, the things and the people that have to be highlighted, right? Like, I still don't think that the Inquisitors as a whole had to be the center that they were trying to be. I think Tala, if this had been a movie, would have been a prime focus, which mm-hmm. she totally deserved. Uh, no, I, I definitely think this would have been better as a, and and not like a 90 minute movie. I'm saying like this would have been better as like a two hour, 20 minute movie, you know? That's exactly what I was thinking. I think there's plenty of bulk. Like if you get rid of the banter with the inquisitors alone, I really think you only need the grand inquisitor and Reva and you cut Uh all that banter out. You cut out most of four out. You cut out all the times that Leia gets taken or has to be rescued. I think there was, easily a a tight movie in this uh based yeah, on the I mean, script that they not have. only that bit, even what, what you say too with like the the gr- just having the grand inquisitor and uh reva if you had just that but still alluded to the fact that there were other inquisitors out mm-hmm. there i think that would have done wonders in garnering interest towards like oh there's other inquisitors let me check out rebels Exactly. You still let me check out this. Exactly. Yeah, but but more impactful. So I'm going to say, with my overall overall, Obi Wan Kenobi was, in a lot of ways, everything I've ever wanted when it comes to this show. I think it got everything right that I needed it to get right. 
Um, I think there's some amazing Star Wars moments that I'm going to be talking about for the rest of my life. At the end of the day, I do think there is some, I think there is some writing issues that were a little too loose. I think that Disney's CEO is cracking down on budgets with Star Wars that make it feel a little bit cheap. And this is not a Kathleen Kennedy thing. This is a Disney thing because we keep getting these fucking six episode shows of Marvel and Lucasfilm. These are the only people that are doing this. These six episode TV shows that are short, sweet, almost too short before you even visit and and spend time hanging out with them. Um, And then it's over. And that's a Disney thing. That's not a Kathleen Kennedy thing. That's a Disney thing. Um, So I think the show is a little bit short. Or I mean a little too short when it comes to being a series. I think it could have been a movie, but at the end of the day, I think this was a great series because what it got right, it really got right, and I'm yeah. gonna stick with this forever. Lindsay, no, final no, thoughts it, on Obi Wan? I think you're spot on. You know, it, it got clunky, it got kind of convoluted, but the overall message between who Kenobi is at his core and how his relationship to Anakin and Vader really played into this. That came across and that answered so many questions. So for me, like, I love this series at the end of the day. I think I will always love this. I think we'll always point back to this, you know, as, as other shows, as other books and, and stories come out, we're always going to be able to point back to this and, and reference things that were done and things we learned here. And, you know, so I think the was next it, time was we're it perfect? In the... No, but I liked it. I loved it. Right. And, you know, I think the next time we're in the same room together, we will watch this fight together because it is too much for everyone we better we better (laughs) so um with that being said guys that is the show of sit talk um where can you find sit talk you can find sit talk under the clashing sabers podcast feed if you want to reach out to us at the show you can try our sit talk instagram you can reach out to me at sit talker 25 on instagram talking all things uh star wars heavy metal spartan races um comic books i've been getting into the boys a lot lately so you might see some stuff about that um but yeah that's what i'm doing and then you can also follow the clashing sabers instagram page as well if if you want to talk about your feelings about the show maybe um branch off of Lindsay or i's points we'd love to have you we have a clashing sabers facebook page where we can talk any, any kind of topics that you guys want. I love hearing feedback. We've gotten it. And I, I love kind of having those those topics. Uh, the point of this show is to not really get you to agree or disagree with us, but to just spark thought. Um, Lindsay, why don't you throw some plugs out there? You can find me over on one of our other shows here on our podcast network. We do have a variety of different shows um, on the Clashing Sabers podcast feed. Uh, I am the co-host of Don't Burn the Sacred Text, where my co-host Brandon and I, we do discuss the, the most recent novels coming out. If you want to chat with me, though, you can find me at the uh, Clashing Sabers Facebook group. Just make sure you tag me in any discussion there. Um, but but most importantly, um, other than just subscribing to our podcast channel and, and chiming in on our social media, what I'd really love for everyone here to do is just take a moment to read research our nonprofit organization, uh, Clashing Sabers. We do work to put the stories that we have grown up loving and who have shaped who we are in the hands of 
you know, different school children or classrooms or school libraries. Uh, most recently, we've actually gotten um, just about 700 books to the kids over at the Uvalde school. Uh, so, so it's really important for us to make sure that one, we have the resources to continue doing this. Every single penny we, we earn goes to this mission. We don't keep anything for ourselves. So please consider joining our Patreon page if possible. If it's not possible, we totally get it. Check out our, our website, clashingsavers.net. And if you know any teachers, if you know any schools who might need some of these resources, nominate them. It's, it's as simple as that. It's as free as that. Um, but please consider checking that out and getting involved. And, and that's really, I would say, the best place to find me. And with that being said, may the force be with you. Always. Hey, looks like you're done talking, Sith. Who? Oh, Scion, the bartender. Yeah, he's gone down a couple lovers. You're gonna venture down there? Well, there's a few things you should know before you go. Sith Talk, all the Clashing Sabers Network, they ain't associated with Disney, Lucasfilm, or any of their subsidiaries. All these licensed sounds and whatnot all belong to whoever the hell they belong to. We just use them here for entertainment and educational purposes. Look, if you're unsure about something or have questions about what's what, email us at clashingsabersnetwork at gmail.com. And hey, on your way out, make sure you leave us a rating and review. Word of mouth is how people find out about this place. Now, get out of the way, I got paying customers to get you. Jedi business, go back to your drinks.